0: Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management in small teams, businesses, and organizations between 2 to 50 people. Well, actually, I should say 150 people. I've got a couple of friends who pointed out to me that these ideas apply just as much to managers working in 150 people-strong organizations. But anyway... Management for Startups is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. Today, I want to talk about Keep Your People, which is this book that I just released. And I want to talk about the ideas in it. I want to talk about the framework that I cover in the book um, because it's about employee retention, which is something that every startup manager uh, has to grapple with eventually because you don't like people quitting on you, especially when you're a startup, right? But before we get into that, I want to talk a little about the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is that I haven't published new episodes of this podcast. I haven't recorded. I haven't written new blog. Posts on managementforstartups.com uh, for a couple months now. I think I haven't updated this this podcast for nearly six months. And the blog, the last blog post I wrote on managementforstartups.com, I checked before I started recording was in April, which is a really long time ago. Well, the reason I vanished without a trace, and I, I know it's wrong, I shouldn't have. I should have updated, you know, at least posted an update to say what I was doing. I decided to focus on writing the book, and writing the book is one of the most difficult things that I've ever done. Uh, I know, you know, there's lots of people out there who say that writing a book is one of the most difficult things they've ever done, and I was like, eh, you know, I write 1,000 to 3,000 words, uh, blog post, one blog post a week, every week, so how hard can it be, right? An average book, traditionally published book, is around 60,000 words, so do the math, I, I can... Have, probably finish it in like a quarter right 3 months right no it's it's really hard it they they weren't lying <laughs> Keep Your People is only 32,000 words long, which is like half of a traditionally published book. One of the core principles that I always have, even when writing the Startup Manager Guide, um, which you can find on managementforstartups.com slash start, is that if, if you're a manager in a startup, you have no time to get good, right? So you want the minimum, uh, the, the the most concise version of ideas possible so you can put them into practice and get going with your life. And I kept to that with, with Keep Your People. I only wrote half the traditional traditionally published book length, and still it wasn't enough. Anyway, take off that what you will. So let's talk about keep your people. Let's talk about the motivation, and then I want to sort of give a brief overview of the framework that I wrote, uh, that I write about in the book, because I think the ideas are useful enough. And even if you don't buy the book, just understanding the way I think about retention uh, would probably be helpful to you. And you will be much better off than I was when I started uh, on this journey of learning how to keep my people and learning why people quit jobs. Um, So the motivation is really simple. If you're in a startup, you know, you have very little time to hire people. You're very little. It's very difficult to hire people in the first place. So you want to keep the people that you have, right? And we all know, we've talked a lot about training on management for startups. We've, we've talked about um, being able to get them to learn the toxic knowledge of your organization, knowing how you do things. We've talked about how, why that's so important and why that's so difficult. Um, and when you lose people, you're basically losing all that time, all that knowledge and all that effort that you've put into them. And if you are a team of you know, 30 people, every person counts, right? There's one nice thing about startups is that there's very little people well, who, are, who suck, who uh, don't justify their presence in the company because you have so little resources. How do you keep your people? And I think the first question that you need to ask is why do people leave? And when you ask this question, um, two misconceptions usually pop up. First, The first misconception is that people leave because you're not paying them enough. And this is like a very obvious pain. If you're in a startup, you usually can't pay enough people to compete with the Microsofts of your industry or or the Googles of your industry. So this is something that I think most startup managers know very intimately. This is a pain that affects all of us. The second misconception is that people, I think this is a Gallup poll, it came out two years ago, and since then a gajillion blog posts have quoted it like it's some truth. Uh, The Gallup poll basically said like, oh, people leave uh, bad managers, they don't leave bad companies. (laughs) This is just not true. I mean, these two misconceptions are overly reductive, they're overly simplistic. They fail a simple test with reality. Go think back on all your friends, on all your subordinates who have left your company, on all your peers or your seniors or whatever and you can easily come up with counter examples so if you want to be you want to be effective as a manager you want to have a complete uh, framework for thinking about why people leave you can't just rely on these two factors i'll give you two examples right i know friends who they they stay in their job even though they're not being paid enough because uh, they like their boss, they like their peers, and they know that if they leave to find another job, they might not be able to find a, a working environment that great. So yeah, they will like more money, but then they're willing to stick it out for a bit longer because they're scared of the job search. Secondly, I know friends who um, they're paid incredibly well and they're in a very comfortable position, but then they leave after one or two years because they're not growing anymore, right? So it's clear that compensation is in the full picture. Um, secondly, I also know friends who they're, Boss kind of sucks, but they enjoy the work, they're being paid enough, they feel like they're getting a lot of growth, and they like their support. I mean, their their colleagues, right? So it all makes up from the annoyance with dealing with their boss, and they stay for like three years, four years, very long time, uh, especially in startup land where three years is like one year is usually the norm, right? So it's not enough to sort of just think of these two ideas. If you want to put it into practice, you need a more complete set of factors. Uh, I started looking into this uh, roughly I think a year in when um, we were searching from consulting to product it was incredibly painful time because uh, we didn't know what we were doing and customers were basically calling us up and yelling at us every other day or so um, and we had just shrunk from a team of 15 people down to five and I don't know if you've ever felt how it feels like to work in an office that used to be bustling you know full of people um, full of camaraderie we would go out to lunch uh, or eat lunch you know together and joke every day. It was great. And then it shrank from there to just five people and you're in an empty office and it's silent most of the time. It feels terrible, horrible. And I didn't want to lose any more people. I didn't want to lose any of the five uh, people that I had left. So I started systematically thinking and searching and doing trial and error to try to figure out how to keep my people for longer. So here's what I found. Eventually, I realized that there are basically six factors, six dimensions, uh, that lead people to stay in a job or to quit, right? And these six factors are not single causal, which means that no factor alone usually affects people's uh, decision to quit. Um, well, there are exceptions, obviously. Like if, if If you are being paid really, really badly, yeah then you leave there are cases like that but usually these six factors act in concert and how you should think about it is the way i think about it is that you have a like each of these are gauges right these are meters um that lead them whether they're acceptable or unacceptable too many of them are in the unhappy zone or if one of them are in the extreme unacceptable zone then they leave So, anyway, enough talking about the basic conceptual framework. What are these six factors? These six factors are, you know, in no particular order, one, growth rate, mastery, like am I growing enough? Uh, And what is enough for me? That depends on you, right? Um, Two, am I being micromanaged? Do I have autonomy, right? Am I able to do things the way I want and then, you know, with enough trust from management that I can accomplish the tasks that I want? Three, uh, does the work fit into my life, right? And this means, like, does it fit into my long-term career goals? Does it fit into my work-life balance? Uh, things like that. Four, a- is compensation an issue? Am I being paid enough? Or conversely, am I being paid too much to the point where, you know, I, I can't leave because I'm supporting my parents or I'm- I have a family? Uh, compensation is an issue that affects retention. Five, is the mission or purpose something that resonates with me. Uh, this depends, of course, on the individual, but it is, an, it is a factor. If you are um, sort of sick of the mission or purpose, or you feel disillusioned that something that's gonna affect your decision to stay. Six, how is your relationship with your boss? Most importantly, your direct manager. And your peers right is it good is it bad is there a lot of politics can you you know is it that you can't stand your boss even though like compensation is good and growth is good as i've mentioned before this is not single cause of course some things can be incredibly bad like if you paid really way below market rate and you you might leave but usually it's a combination of factors right and people don't think about this explicitly this is, these are things that you have in the back of your head, and if you don't introspect enough, you might not realize that these are factors that affect you, but you can sort of look out and sort of think of all the people that you've known who have quit, right? They usually quit because of one of these six reasons. And in the in three years that I put this to practice, I haven't seen a particular reason that has fallen out of one of these six buckets. So that's why I suspect that this uh, categorization system is complete let's talk about each of them a bit more in detail. I think autonomy is the easiest. If you don't have autonomy, it's a hygiene factor. Uh, We've talked about this on Management for Startups on this podcast before. You don't have autonomy, you cannot uh, keep your people for very long because they just simply will not be happy, right? For knowledge workers in particular, autonomy really matters. You'd have it, you don't. Uh, And the answer to getting good at autonomy is learning how to delegate well, which again, we've covered on this podcast. Um, Number two, uh, uh, mastery. So mastery is a bit interesting. Growth rate is a bit interesting because everybody's expected growth rate or growth preference differs, right? It, 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 some of you, some people that you will meet will really want high growth and if you can't deliver that high growth to them, they leave, right? And some people are, they are great programmers or whatever. They're designers or marketers, right? They meet adequate performance for your current startup's needs, but they don't have high growth preference. They just want to do a good job and they want to go home to their families. And the way you should think about this is that the people that are high growth people, high growth preference people, I say high growth preference because they may change their minds. Uh, Something might happen in their life that suddenly makes them hungry for growth. Um, I think the example that I gave in the book was this colleague who uh, was held down by his father and uh, he, contentious relationship with his father he eventually settled um, the, the relationship got better and then his father supported him in his pursuit for his dreams and he basically quit because he wanted to go do a master's degree and suddenly he switched from like low growth preference to high growth preference this does happen people do change their growth preferences right they're not stuck into it like they're born into a, a growth preference um, and so you can't hold on to high growth preference, especially if your startup, especially if your startup's not growing really quickly. If you're a consultancy or if you are a small business that is growing sustainably, there are people who will grow so fast and they will deliver so much value to your company, but you can't hold on to them because they are no longer challenged after a number of years. And so you should be willing and be prepared to let them go. And usually I say this a lot, uh, you can tell within the first two months uh, of one-on-ones with them, because it will be very clear that they are either very driven and they want to like get on with it and get promoted quickly and learn a lot of things or they're not right and it's this doesn't mean that low growth preference people aren't important they're still important because they are the people who will stick around and will form the backbone of your company's culture all right so that's um you know high touch uh point about growth um, number three uh, third factor is how does the work fit into their lives and it, with this particular thing this is the one factor that you have no control over um, instead you need to understand that sometimes the work changes right it doesn't fit into their lives so in the book I give examples of people who uh, they got married then they moved away from the office and suddenly their commute is this horrible like three hours slot two and fro, or like one one and a half hours to, and then one and a half hours back and eventually after a year they can't take it and then they quit Right? or another example would be if you fall ill right? you get cancer um, which is a horrible thing it's highly likely that you're no longer be motivated to work and who can blame you. And the reason for this to include this reason is to remind every manager that, Hey, you know, like your people are basically, their people too. And you need to be aware of what's going on in their lives. Um, what might cause them to change their values such that the work no longer fits into their lives. And when this happens, it's usually nothing you can do about it. Uh, sometimes it's unpredictable, um, but you need to prepare for the departures. And one Uh, aspect that I talk about in the book across two chapters actually is uh, being prepared for people to leave by keeping your bus factor high which means that uh, if anybody leaves no single project is affected because people don't know about it or don't know how to work with it all right so that's Factor number three. Factor number four, compensation. And I think we have um, established pretty clearly that compensation is just one of the six factors, right? It's not the most important factor. If you make up for it, like for relatively low compensation relative to the market, because you're a startup with other factors, people will stay, right? And I've proven this because I've held on to my people and increased retention rate in Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh City, over a period of three years where uh, salaries went up, I think, three times or at least uh, 40, 50, uh, 40% in the first year. And then like it went up as I continued working. And I held on to that. Retention improved because people don't, uh, they're not economic actors completely. When they want to quit, part of the decision is, you know, I really like the place here. I'm getting lots of growth. I like the people. Um, If I quit, there's always a risk that I don't find a place that I enjoy working as much. And so this loss aversion, which is a psychological factor, would blunt some of the thinking related to compensation. And you can use this to your advantage, right? It's just fact. Number five, mission. I actually, in the book, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because in the book, I sort of make fun of it. I say it's not that important. Silicon Valley uh, thinks it's really important. Um, But not every kind of company can have a good mission. Um, and six the relationship with your peers and your boss i think this is quite straightforward if you enjoy working with people and i talk a bit about politics and how to prevent politics from developing in you know, a startup which is relatively quite easy if your startup isn't that big um, then it people are more willing to stay because they enjoy working with you and they enjoy working with the people around them so these are the six reasons. I'm running out of time, so I guess I have to close it here. But go check it out, measurementforstartupscom slash keep your people. Um, that's it for this week. Cedric out.